0: Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes,
0: indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a post-Monday celebration, greatest day of the entire week, my friends, and it's so wonderful to have you along for the ride today, getting closer to that holiday, getting closer to the Christmas celebration, getting closer to wrap. Wrapping up 2023, my mind is blown how quickly things are going. So welcome into the show. Let's jump right into it. We have a lot to discuss today. A lot of things are happening, and especially to try and cram it all into a one-hour program of extravaganza here. So welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's so wonderful to have you along your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour, we have Ben Swan, brand new guest on the program. He is an investigative journalist. He is also a film producer with the docu-series The Rest of the Story. As we talk with him about the rest of the story. What? The rest of the story, Andy? Well, the rest of the story on January 6th. As the House Republicans at the federal level are releasing video, all 40,000 plus videos of, uh, 40,000 plus hours of the video from January 6th. What really happened that day? and let's get to the bottom of it. I am sick and tired. We are now 3 years in and we're still talking about January 6th. It's a little bit ridiculous. 2 years in, I guess. Almost 3 years. I guess in January next year it would be 3 years. So, uh we'll talk about that and what really happened and how the heck do we get past this thing and move forward into the 2024 presidential election? Which I have to say, man, uh, watching the election, watching how things are playing out right now with candidates all across the nation, not just presidential candidates, but congressional seats and just elected officials that are stepping down. This election is getting wild, man. They talk about having a fresh new voice, kind of the new world that we're cr- trying to create right now. We, <laughs> By the end of 2024, we are going to see a brand new world upon us. We are going to see new elected officials, we're going to see new visions, we're going to see new leaders, we're going to see a new direction in this country. It's going to look like an entirely different nation from what we're seeing right now. And we've said that it's needed to happen for a while, especially after some of the gaps of... Mitch McConnell, after just freezing up in time. Diane Feinstein, rest, uh, rest in peace, who passed away just a while ago after being in office at 90 and saying some ridiculous things. Joe Biden shuffling around all over the place. I am now 100% certain that Joe Biden will not be the presidential nominee. And I will explain why in just a little bit, if we have time to do so. But a little teaser, I do not believe Joe Biden will be the nominee for the Democrats, and I am guaranteed certain that uh, Joe Biden will not be the president in 2024. Whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's a different candidate, that's up for discussion. But the way things are going right now, I guarantee you that we are going to see A plethora of new faces and new voices up in Washington, D.C. trying to represent, which is a good thing. Even on the other side of the aisle, it's going to be a good thing to see new faces coming up and kind of a new direction in this nation. We have the average age of elected officials in like the 60s, which actually came down a little bit because there's some really, really young ones in there just kind of throwing off the medium age. But the average ones really are like in their 70s and 80s. And it's time for them to go. And more and more of them are stepping down, which means we're going to have some open seats and some brand new blood going into D.C. So just finally, the natural evolution of our leadership in this country is going to be evolving with the newer generation stepping up and rising to that challenge. The question is, is it going to be Republicans, Democrats, conservatives or progressives that are going to be standing up and actually making that change in which direction that we choose to go in? But that leads into our What's Trending story of the day as we kick off the program.
1: What's Trending Today. As
0: the latest one, and I've lost count of how many have actually announced they're not running for re-election. I I don't know. I've lost count, so we're going to have to get a final draft here as it gets closer. Because they have to make their announcements now. Because it's going to take the full year of campaigning starting in January. So candidates really need to see what the heck this field is going to look like. But the latest one ahead, tip to Fox News, is the former interim Speaker of the House, Patrick McHenry, who stood up and became Speaker temporarily after the ousting of Kevin McCarthy, has now said as well that he will not be running for re-election in his district and said that he is on his way out that's after hearing word that kevin mccarthy himself wants to be out by december not even waiting for the election next year just boom he's done he's out we're seeing mess and that's after however many others that have said now nah, you know what i'm good i'm not running for re-election so i don't know why other than the fact that patrick McHenry was very close to kevin mccarthy he was kind of Kevin McCarthy's right-hand man, he loved Kevin McCarthy and with McCarthy having a hard time uh, I guess assimilating back into normal uh, house membership instead of becoming the speaker, he wants to be out. He is shamed, he doesn't want to be there, he's just he wants out. And because he wants out, Patrick McHenry, his right-hand buddy, Wants to be out as well. So we'll give him the proper farewell as well. Don't know much about Patrick McHenry other than he's been a very big moderate, a very big Kevin McCarthy supporter, and a guy who has not wanted to decrease size of government. So Patrick McHenry, our another salute farewell here on The Voice Reason. As we look at the fresh blood that may be coming up, and he wasn't even that old, really. Patrick McHenry wasn't, but not running for re-election. Kevin McCarthy out immediately. McHenry out soon. We have so many others that we've announced uh, as well that may be on the way out. So I'm telling you, this is going to be the strangest year. It is this one's going to be the next tide. And while we always say, oh, it's the most important election of our lifetime, uh, I'm not saying that, although I believe it is because it always is every time that we go and vote. I am saying that right now, 2024 is going to be the literal direction the country goes for the next generation. This is the next generation election of 2024 on who's going to take up the mantle and what direction we go with the, the fresh blood that's going to be coming in with so many of them upset with the status quo, upset that I don't think that they can do their establishment rhino-esque ways in D.C. by just doing things behind closed doors and getting back to business as normal which I think we can thank Donald Trump for that. Like Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump, you have to appreciate the fact that now Washington, D.C. does not operate the way that it used to prior to Donald Trump in the White House. It doesn't operate like that anymore. You can't do the bills behind closed doors and both parties uh, in cahoots together to push a certain agenda. It's not working. They've tried over and over and over for the past three years, and now it's not working. And they're frustrated, and they're walking away. And it's working for us. So kudos to you on that one. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, Speaking of, by the way, our new leadership and new leadership moving forward, Mike Johnson, our Speaker of the House now, relatively young guy. He's probably going to be there for a while. And I'm optimistic he's going to get to his reelection and he's going to continue to be the Speaker of the House because of what he's doing. Even with us not getting as much of the agenda done immediately as we want, have you noticed the tone change in Washington, D.C.? Have you noticed the messaging coming from the Republican Party just a little bit different? Have you noticed that it's just a little bit different compared to the way that we used to operate just a little while ago? And that's good news. I think that's good news of what we hit. Just a little bit of a tone change of the fact that we're actually promoting conservative principles. We're actually promoting constitutionality. We're promoting positive things. We're showing, even if it's Uh, Just on the surface, we're at least promoting a somewhat unified Republican Party and we're defending the rights of everybody, trying to be that safe haven, saying, look, the Democrats have boxed you in with identity politics. They put you in these little bitty boxes and tried to segregate yourselves. They're trying to spread the fear. They're trying to spread the hate. We're here to try and protect everybody, which is what he did uh, going into a press conference earlier today, being Mike Johnson. Had tip to Fox News on this with uh, talking about the press conference that he had just gotten out of with Benjamin Netanyahu in a conversation there and trying to defend uh, Jewish communities all over the nation.
2: No Jewish student should feel unsafe going to class or congregating in public or professing their faith. Remember, this is not who we are as Americans. The first freedom that we are guaranteed in the Bill of Rights, in our Constitution, is the freedom of religion, the free exercise of religion. It's an essential component to who we are as Americans. And that's everyone's religion, even minority faiths. For Jewish students to be targeted like this, for them to be suppressed in the expression of their faith or identity is, uh, is just not who we are as a country.
0: That audio from Fox News, that was kind of a weird right-left channel thing. So if you didn't hear all that audio, I apologize. I didn't realize that wasn't really balanced out too well. But nonetheless, uh, talking about the protection of students, Jewish students all over the nation, and how we defend the protection of freedom of religion. We protect the ability for everyone to practice their religious views as they want to, regardless of whatever it is, whether it's Christian, whether it's Jewish, whether it's even Muslim, whether it's some obscure uh, minority one, whether it's a spiritualist thing like Native Americans. I had talked uh, mentioned briefly the story that actually happened here in Kansas just a week or so ago of an 8-year-old boy that was forced to cut his hair because he was part of the Wyandotte Indian Tribe Nation, a card-carrying member and the school district apparently had a dress code that said boys could not have hair longer than their shoulders. And the parents had to, uh, were forced to cut his hair because of the dress code, even though in their tradition it is very taboo for the boy to cut his hair, unless in, under certain circumstances. That's the crap we have to stop in this nation. That's completely absurd. Andy, we got to like professional with our dress code. Yeah, shut up. I think that's a little ridiculous. says the guy who has a braided mohawk most of the time. So I guess that's a rebellious side coming out of me. But we protect everybody. As long as you're not infringing upon anybody else, you're not trying to kill anybody, do any weird sacrifices, trying to impose on anybody's private property or right to life. As long as you're not doing that, you can practice anything that you want to in this nation, even if the vast majority of the nation disagrees with it. Even if somebody doesn't like it personally, you have the right to practice Anything that you want to in this nation, and that is the beauty of this nation with the freedom of uh, freedom religion and the practice to exercise it thereof. As long as it does not infringe upon anybody else, that is the greatness of this nation. And the fact that Republicans are starting to talk that way, to me at least, is encouraging. Because we haven't done that in a very long time. We haven't talked about the freedoms that we guarantee as the conservatives. Democrats don't do that. They talk about what they can give you. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. And if you if you don't vote for us, then you're going back to the 1940s, and you're going to sit in your kitchen and make dinner and plop out a baby on the kitchen floor because that's where men want you in this society. If you want to consider yourself to be a man, if not, then you can identify as whatever you want to. So they twisted themselves in the notch with identity politics, and then they've ruined the culture. And the culture is, leave us the hell alone and just live our let us live our lives. You don't have to put everybody in this tiny little box because the boxes begin to turn on each other and that's what we're starting to see among the Democrats and it's encouraging as I've said forever that Republicans need to start looking at their imaging problem and I think they're finally starting to do that and it's been done under the leadership of Mike Johnson slowly we're still working on policy we're still working on legislation we're still working on a federal budget we're still working on HR2 and the immigration bill we're still working on major issues but the imaging the in Washington, D.C. from the Republicans for the first time since I've been paying attention to politics in my career, in my long-term, short-term, however you want to look at it, radio and political career. For the first time, I'm hearing Republicans say that we have the leverage and we're going to start utilizing it. And the fact that I'm hearing that, dude, dude, we now have a brand new feel of the Republicans, which means we have that new vision already beginning. And when we piggyback on that for the elections... It's only going to get better. It's only going to get more amazing, and I am so excited about it. So uh, God bless. I'm looking forward to what this 2024 election may look like, uh, regardless of presidential candidates, just in-house members with so many rhinos in the establishment that are angry with this process and angry with not getting the way they want to. They're gone. They're walking away from it with their heads held high. They're walking away on their high notes, giving us the opportunity in the room and the opportunity for us to actually make something of this and lead us into the new generation. The new direction for the nation, baby, is what it's all about. we got a lot to get to today. It's going to be a fun one. Stay here. It is a Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration for The Voice of Reason. Stay right here.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
2: As members of this body, we have to call out those in Congress as well who employ Hamas' talking points like from the river to the sea, which we all know is an explicit call for the extermination of Israel. History has proven that anti-Semitism, if less unchecked, will not stop for the Jewish people. It goes to other minorities and ultimately to persons of all religions. <laughs>
0: That was, again, Speaker Johnson. I don't know if you can hear. Uh, Again, weird right-left channel thing. I feel so bad I pulled up so many audio clips I wanted to play from him. And it sounds a little wonky. I will balance those out if you do listen to the podcast. So there's that. I'll try not to play many more of those throughout the show. But they're so good. Going after the elected officials that are calling out for the talking points from Hamas and the terrorists about uh, from the river to the sea, eliminating the Jewish state, eliminating Israel, eliminating the Jewish community in the Middle East, and going after us here as well. The talking points are stern for the first time that I've seen in a very, very, very really I got to be honest, I mean, it was a little bit different battle back in the day, and I barely kind of paid attention because I was so young. But Newt Gingrich, back in the day in the 90s, taking on Bill Clinton, that's the level of strength that I'm finally starting to see in the Republican Party that I have not seen since that time. So good for you. That's awesome. Which, by the way, not only are we seeing new faces and a new direction, but we are seeing right now a little bit of individuality. We're seeing a little bit of finally just standing up and doing things on our own. As you know, the Biden administration has been really working hard to try and cut out some of the uh, oil production, we'll say, as he depleted our energy reserves and our oil surplus and our our oil reserves in the nation. We've tried to rely more on OPEC and OPEC Plus to try and bring us oil. Then OPEC says, yeah, we're going to start limiting and decreasing our amount of production because their goal is to raise prices globally so that way – they can drive people out of the market. That's really what they want to do is they're pushing this green new energy, just raise the prices of oil so much that gas is really expensive to where you can't afford to fill up your gas tank. And by their weird mindset, they're like, hey, you that may have a 1990s or early 2000s fill-in-the-blank vehicle because you like the old-school truck and or car and it's still working for you, I know you can't really afford it middle class to purchase a $100,000 Uh, electric vehicle but what we're going to do is we're going to raise gas prices so expensive that you can't afford it forcing you into the electric vehicle industry (laughs) now it's failing and even most of the uh, auto dealers are now or auto manufacturers are starting to cut back on their ev production because it's not working and no one's buying it because now the purchasing of electric vehicles is going downhill so they have to force you into it instead of letting it evolve naturally But it's backfiring on them, too. Not only are people not buying the electric vehicles, which is hilarious to watch, but also the oil industry is saying, you know what? We're finally taking matters into our own hands. Our hands have been tied for years under the Biden administration for the first time uh, really in a very long time under the Trump administration. We were being a net exporter. And I talked to an expert. I am no expert on this. So uh, this is coming from someone who we chatted with recently. We're going to get him on the show again and talk. But uh, by the organization of Kansas Strong. Uh, talks about energy and uh, oil and natural gas here in the state of Kansas, but really just globally about what's going on in the market. And what's happening is while they're trying to raise the prices, what are we doing? We're increasing our own production. Again, now that's not up to the Biden administration and their encouragement to do it because they don't want that to happen. Their whole idea, again, is if they can raise oil prices by cutting global production, then we'll just sea prices go up, gas prices go up, and everybody start limiting the amount of oil that they actually use. And it's not happening. It's not working because, in fact, we're going the opposite direction. Finally, we're saying enough is enough. We don't care about the regulations. We're going to find a way to produce more oil locally because for the first time, we've actually hit the peak of producing the same amount of oil that we were under the Trump administration when we were a net exporter. Now, in that explanation, we are in an exporter, meaning that we could have been self-sufficient and not purchase any oil abroad, but it's cheaper to do so and actually just ship it onto the coasts and then actually export some of ours. But nonetheless, we finally hit 13.24 million barrels a day that we're producing right now, which is about the peak of what we saw in 2020 under the Trump administration during the recession. We hit that again based on the private sector taking matters into their own hands, not And actually, in spite of the Biden administration trying to stop that from happening because they want barrels of oil prices to go
1: up. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. When reason meets radio, this is the voice of reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. It
0: is a post Monday celebration. Your patriot on the prairie, your political therapist trying to break things down for you. And man, I will get into the energy market again here in just a moment. Fascinating topic for sure. It's good. Finally starting to see some individuality. Finally starting to see the companies just rise up and say, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. To heck with you. We're going to work around the red tape that you've created for us, Biden administration. We will live our own lives and do our own thing. And that's why as they cut production globally, they wanted prices of barrel to go up, uh, the barrels of oil to go up. And it's actually going down, <laughs> at least here in the U.S. Why? Because we're producing more ourselves. In fact, we've hit the same levels that we hit at our record pace under the Trump administration back in 2020 before Joe Biden came in and everything came crashing down. And uh, we have uh, he's tried to really kill off some of that oil production. So we've actually peaked again, which is really good news. We'll do some more of that here in just a moment. But I think we have him on the line. We are working on getting him connected. Let's see. As I am excited, What's shift trending years. today? One of the other things that was addressed earlier today at the uh, press conference from Speaker of the House Mike Johnson was mentioning the releasing of near 40,000 hours of the video for the January 6th issue. Can you imagine? We're almost three years into this now, and we're still... Watching and talking about January 6th, unbelievable the fact that they've turned it into what it's actually turned into. But Speaker Johnson mentioned this earlier today uh, from the media during his press hearing. This is what he had
2: to we say: We want the American people to draw their own conclusions. I don't think partisan elected officials in Washington should present a narrative and expect that it should be uh, seen as, as the ultimate truth on it. When we know that they hid certain elements, the release of the January 6th tapes is a critical and important uh, exercise. We want transparency. We should demand that the American people do. We trust, House Republicans trust the American people to draw their own conclusions. We should not. They should not be dictated by some narrative and accept that as fact. So they can review the tapes themselves. Uh, we're going through a methodical process of releasing them as quickly as we can. As you know, we have to blur some of the faces of persons who uh participated in in uh, in the events of that day because we don't want them to be retaliated against and uh and, and and to be charged by the doj and and to have other uh you know concerns and problems so
0: so there it is that was speaker of the house mike johnson again that little weird uh, audio that we had there might be quiet on part of your end but nonetheless uh trying to release everything wanting transparency wanting you to make your own decision on what actually happened on j6 as we continue to investigate and we have Uh, Some of the quote-unquote rhinos, the moderates that are going after Donald Trump still, some of the Democrats saying that it was the insurrection while they allow things to happen that are unspeakable across this nation. To talk about some of that and more, see if we have him on the line now with us as he is an investigative journalist and part of the docuseries The Rest of the Story as 60 Minutes style type of documentary that ended up posting. You can find it on the Tweety as well or on X and we'll give you that here in just a minute. But uh, Ben Swan, Ben, how are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having
0: me on. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. I appreciate you jumping on here very much. What a fascinating topic. And finally, after all these years, 40,000-plus hours of these videos being released right now, people actually being able to see everything for themselves. Like you said with your docuseries, the rest of the story is finally going to be unveiled, it looks like, from what you guys have been working on and finally letting the public know what the heck's going on here. Well, and the
3: truth is, it's it's you know very very late for this to happen but we're so glad that it is finally happening it has to happen because there is an entirely different story it's not just the rest of the story which is of course as you mentioned the title of the series with Laura logan that we're doing but in reality it's the, the whole story it's the true story Right. Of, of January 6th. The true story of January 6th has nothing to do with insurrection, storming the Capitol, Trump's attempt to stay in power, uh, an attempt to overthrow the government. We all know those are lies. But the fact is this. But that video will reveal because the videos that we found already continue to reveal that this was not only not an insurrection, it was a fedsurrection. It was a setup in so many ways. It, it becomes more and more apparent every day when you watch the videos, when you see who was in the crowd actually agitating, who was in the crowd telling people to push forward, push forward. These are all undercovers um, who are working either for the feds or for Capitol Police, You know, any number of agencies. And we see it happen over and over and over again. And the more video that comes out, The more characters, the more of these uh, undercovers that we find who are revealed, and and what, what do they all have in common? They are the ones pushing the crowd into the Capitol. They are the ones encouraging and inciting people. If anyone should be charged with incitement, they should all be these officers.
0: That's fascinating. I've I've heard that a few times, but talk about your your investigation. How what led you to this and as you go over some of the video and with your docu-series that you have, uh, I mean wh- how did you find all this? Where did you find these individuals and how did you how were you able to go, do a deep dive on these people to figure out who the heck they were?
3: Yeah, we have an incredible team. And again, uh, Laura Logan, former 60 Minutes correspondent, former uh, Fox News correspondent who is working with us on this and she is the lead Uh, investigative journalist on this project. I want to give her that credit, but she has an amazing team around her. And we have people who are doing not just a deep dive into video, but able to use some very sophisticated, forensic uh, digital equipment that is able to spot faces, find people in these crowds. If you have not seen the docuseries, I would encourage people to go to truthinmedia.com. That's our website, truthinmedia.com. Watch episode eight. If you're going to watch any, watch episode eight. No, let me take that back. Watch episode seven. I'm sorry, episode seven. And that one, we, we show you not just Ray Epps, which we've been doing a deep dive on Ray Epps and his involvement. We have released never before seen video of Ray Epps telling people that the real intent is to storm the Capitol. Those are his words. Storm the Capitol tomorrow. He says this on January 5th. It just so happens that's the identical language that was used across the media landscape, CNN, CBS, ABC, Fox. Everybody used the term storm the Capitol, right? This was... A a phrase that was used the night before by Ray Epps, but it's much more than Ray Epps. We have video of what appears to be an undercover agent with an earpiece and a service weapon on him. By the way, the only single person in the entire crowd who's been spotted on video with an actual weapon. And it is a military service weapon that he's wearing. Our experts were able to determine what kind of weapon it was. And it is a military issue weapon. Here's the most interesting part. Like Ray Epps, this guy was on the FBI's most wanted list and was quietly and mysteriously removed from that list just a few months later. He has never been charged with the crime. We actually show video where some independent journalists found him and confronted him and he ran from them. But the reality is we see this happening over and over. We have video um, where Congressman Barry Loudermilk, representative from Georgia, where I am, he actually was able to confirm that the committee has found at least one undercover Capitol police officer who was in plain clothes that day, and we have video of him wearing a body cam, telling people to go into the Capitol to climb scaffolding, to keep his word, keep going, keep going, keep going. He's pushing the crowd to do things they don't want to do. Over and over, we see this narrative, and and I think what starts to happen when you begin to realize what actually happened is it wasn't an attempt to overthrow the Capitol. You had huge numbers of people who showed up at the Capitol to protest. They went there. Uh, They were originally at Trump's rally. They ended up moving over to the Capitol because others went ahead of them, but it's the people who appear to be associated with federal agencies, the people who have never been charged. Let me put it to you this way. The people who have never been charged, they are the ones who do the most, calling on the crowd to enter the Capitol. And they've never been charged. And there are many of them.
0: So it brings up two questions hearing some of this is, number one, what was the motive to... uh, instigate this type of activity and to get these people to do something that they didn't want to do or were planning to do in the first place and who quote unquote or if they were working for somebody else in order to make this happen i'm assuming to try and demonize these individuals to demonize the trump rally and to go after donald trump uh for what they try to call as an insurrectionist by quote unquote storming the capitol but who were they potentially working for and what was the alternative motive here
3: well, we don't know that. We don't know exactly which agencies they're working for. Were they confidential human sources, CHS? Were they uh, undercovers? We don't know all of that. We do know one was working for Capitol Police. That's been confirmed. Uh, the others, we don't know what agencies they're working for. We don't know what the playbook was. Uh, but we have our suspicions. And there is some documentation that we've come across that seems to indicate that some of this was uh, mapped out in advance and planned out in advance through some training exercises. And it, and it follows the script of that. So we're going to be breaking that story as well very soon and presenting some of that information. But we don't know all the reasons why. As a journalist, and you know this very well, as a journalist, one of the toughest things about our job is you don't always know the why, but you do know the what. Yeah. So you got to report on the what before you'll know the why. And so that's kind of the process that we're in right now. We, yeah. we, but we, we are finding over and over what actually happened. It may come out later why it happened.
0: Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Ben Swan, investigative journalist. The rest of the story docu-series, which you can check out online, go to truthinmedia.com. Truthandmedia.com is the website to see all of this information. Uh, Now that they're finally starting to release all this information in all these videos, I'm assuming you've obviously had this, uh, at least more of the information in the videos than what we've seen in the general public. How hard was it for you to obtain a lot of this information while you were doing this investigation and trying to figure out what was going on?
3: You know, it's been it's been very very difficult to get any uh, video, and and there's there are really two problems. One is um, it's difficult to get any good video. The second part is there is so much video; it's almost impossible to figure out what to look at, what to find. And again, the, the one advantage we have had is we have been working with an amazing group of forensic digital. Uh, I would call them scientists. I guess they're not officially scientists, but they're an amazing team. And what they're able to do uh, with facial recognition technology and cross-referencing videos blows my mind. I'm an old man, I guess, because some of this stuff is just absolutely amazing. But I, I think that's one reason why there is a fear, a huge fear uh, by the establishment of letting these videos out. Because once you start to cross-reference these thousands and thousands of hours of video and begin to pull out of the crowd the real instigators, here's, here's my question. I wonder if we'll find anyone who wasn't associated with some kind of agency who's pushing for the crowd to go in. Because so far, it seems like every loudmouth, everybody with a bullhorn, everybody who wasn't themselves willing to go in but stood in the background and telling everyone else to go in seem to have a common thread between them.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. Ben, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Fantastic. I want to continue this conversation. I want to talk about uh, this video that you have, the video that's going to be released, and can that be used for some that are still in prison right now? Federal prison without being formally charged with uh, with a case uh, because of what happened on January 6th and how we can start using this to move forward and start changing this narrative. Like you said, the establishment terrified of Donald Trump getting back into the office, which is why they tried to, it looked like at least allegedly, do something to try and prevent that. this being one of those issues. What do we do moving forward with all this information finally coming out? All that and more coming up right around the corner. Stay here.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into
0: it. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Our multiple radio stations we have all over the place. Always wonderful to have you with us. No matter where you may be listening or how. We love you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're hanging out right now with Ben Swan, investigative journalist. The rest of the story is the docuseries regarding January 6th. All the video being released as well from the federal level. But you can check it out. Putting it into perspective, all the investigation that's been going on, the truth of what happened on J6, because 2020 is hindsight, but we need to figure out and make sure this doesn't happen again, especially if Donald Trump does continue with the presidential campaign and does become the nominee and does become president again. You know they're going to try and pull everything they can to demonize this guy or whatever the agenda may be to keep the elites in power. You can find it online, truthinmedia.com, truthinmedia.com. Ben, I have to ask, now that we still see... Numerous individuals in federal prisons years later without having formal charges, which I thought was against the law in this in this country uh, with our judicial system. But nonetheless, uh, is this stuff, the videos that you have, the investigation that you've seen in the videos that are about to be released, is this going to help their case and actually get them out and we can get back to some sense of normalcy in the country again? Oop, do we have Ben with us still? Maybe going once. All right, we'll try him back here in just a moment here. Ben Swan, we'll get him. Truthandmedia.com is the website to uh, go check out the documentary. series Let's try him one more time. Are you with me, my friend?
3: Yes, there you go. All there right, we can go. Can you hear
0: me now? I got you now. All right. I
3: apologize. No, you're good. You know that, that little mute button you hit so you don't have all the background noise while you're waiting. I <laughs> forgot to take it off. Sorry about that. You're good. <laughs> yeah, listen, I guess the answer is this. Um, will it help all of them? No, certainly not. Yeah. Will it help some of them? I absolutely pray that it does because – you know, one of the things that, that you'll see in this series, series as we progress is that we are not just showing the video and, and, and providing evidence um, that, that disrupts the narrative of insurrection. We are also disrupting the narrative that has been told over and over about a number of the individual people who are there sitting sitting in jail cells, as you mentioned, right now, still have not been charged, have not gone to trial yet, and for what? in some cases, have not gone to trial for, for claims of attacking police officers, of attempting to overthrow the government, On some of them on terrorism-related charges. Some of those people, I will tell you, were trying to save other people's lives. And another fact that has gone unreported, in many cases with January 6th, are the sheer number of people who actually did die that day. A lot of people think Ashley Babbitt is the only one who died. She is not. There were others who died as well. We'll be actually talking about their stories. And and some of these stories are absolutely heartbreaking. And and in some of these cases, I got to tell you, it is, I truly believe, the cover up that is worse than the crime that's been committed against these people. And some of these people, I absolutely believe, are sitting in jail cells right now because they are part of a cover up.
0: Not to speculate here, but we've seen a record number of uh, politicians saying that they're not running for re-election in 2024, stepping down for uh, different reasons, whatever, but uh, I'm not speculating, but just because of some of this that's going on and the truth always coming out in the end like our parents always used to tell us, Do you think there's a correlation between uh, the corruption in D.C. that hid a lot of this information, even if not being actively partaking in it, but at least just trying to cover it up? And those that just don't want to be part of it when it is exposed and just walking away from politics.
3: It's very possible. It's very possible. I got to tell you this. This is a story that is supposed to go away. Um, But only in only in respect to the truth of what actually happened. The part of the story they want to keep alive is the lie that surrounds it, that this is a white supremacist insurrection. And it's an attempt to overthrow the government and that it was, uh, you know, the darkest day in American history as these uh, MAGA forces attempted to overthrow the government. Because the point of all of that, you know, you asked me earlier about the why. I can tell you this, this why. There is a why here that if you have been, as I have as a journalist for over 20 years now covering the War on Terror, the Patriot Act, everything that, that our government has done in terms of eroding civil rights in this country in the name of freedom and fighting terrorism, all of that was being pivoted around 2016, 2017 to really take hold domestically. Yeah. I actually believe that Donald Trump interfered with that. I don't know that he knew he was interfering with it, but I think he interfered with it, and it left the, the, the powers that be in a tough spot. They tried to resurrect it now they did it in 2020 they'll try to push it further forward in 2024
0: yeah amen to that yeah i don't know whether it was uh direct or indirect but he definitely shook up the system and they have not been able to get back to business as normal and that's why they're livid in washington dc right now you can see the entire docuseries online truthandmedia.com truthandmedia.com ben swan investigative journalist with this ben thank you so much for coming on the show my friend god bless you for keeping up your work keep up this fight we got to get you back on the show again real soon my friend
3: Sounds good. My pleasure.
0: Thank you. Hey, appreciate it very much. Great stuff. We'll break that down when we come back again tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.